0: KBLA Talk 1580. You know what day it is, so you know what time it is. It's time for Freedman Friday. This is where we have a comprehensive conversation on reparations with people who are in the space, doing work, uh, making things happen, and um, really making an impact. One of those joining us today in the studio uh, is the voice of the people for California's 57th district in the state assembly, the one we were just talking about, who would be elected to fill his seat. He was elected uh, to the state legislature back in 2012 and reelected in 2014 and 2016. It is a diverse, culturally um, rich and dynamic district with a lot of different communities within it in L.A. County. Assembly member Reginald Jones-Sawyer, welcome.
1: Good morning. Great to be here. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you again, too.
0: <laughs> Thanks for coming in. And um, I know that we will we'll have to come together again, hopefully, uh, to talk about your campaign because you are running for another office, yes. uh, which is the, the 10th District of the LA City Council. But today we're focused on reparations. Yes. You were a member of the California Task Force. Um How do you see, you know, now we talked about it in progress. How do you see the work now that your report is completed and we are sort of in that interim space between the completion of the report and the delivery of those recommendations
1: okay and, and thank you and thank you for uh bringing me back i know i promised i would come back because <laughs> <You did. laughs> we had we had done the preliminary report stating the case for why we need reparations that was done two years ago and then just recently we did the recommendations report one was 400 pages one was 1200 pages uh, and i told you that the most important part is the, is the phase that we're in now, the implementation phase, where we have to come together with both uh, legislative and budgetary recommendations to move forward through the, the Assembly and the Senate and hopefully have the governor sign so that we can start to reverse all of the harms that have been foisted on African Americans here in the state of California. So we're in, we're in the home stretch, uh, which I consider the most important part, because that's where you actually see something done. All of the things that were done before were um, aspirational. Now we're gonna have to put meat on, on those bones and actually try to get something done. Uh, for me, uh, with Senator Bradford, uh, Stephen Bradford, and myself, this is our last year. And so we have one year to get as much done as possible, but we will leave it to the other 12 members, hopefully we'll still have 12 members in the, in the Assembly and the Senate, who will then carry on uh, to continue those uh, recommendations because we had about 112 recommendations on how we can reverse um, the racism, um, all the things that have kept a foot on our neck as African-Americans and be able to help us to thrive in this community. And um, When you
0: say it's your last year, you're talking I'm about your, your last year in statewide office. You yeah. could end up in another in another level of government, yeah, I,
1: would, I would hope that I can continue. You know, obviously at the the city council level. Um, to, to, to actually implement some of the things that, that we're going to have done in the uh, in the state assembly. But the state assembly is where the reparations work will be done. Uh, there is a reparations group in the city of Los Angeles headed by a, uh, uh, Mr. Lawson, who, uh, who used to be the head of Urban League, who's now passing on to right, someone Ambassador else. Ambassador Michael Lawson, yeah. Yeah, he's passing on to someone else. And so uh, that work will be continued at the local level. Uh, but at a statewide level, Uh, this is my last year to have a a significant input um, to make it happen. And the reason why this is so important, um, we should be proud as Californians because uh, this is a blueprint not only for us to be able to start reparations because it's been done in the federal level, but it hasn't been done in the federal level. What do you mean by that? You're uh, saying they put it out there, but they haven't. They haven't been able to get it through their legislature. We're the first ones to get it through our legislature. to actually have it done. We also have a framework uh, that others can use, um, whether whatever city is, whatever nationally they come up with. If we're successful, they can use that blueprint. But the thing that's really exciting, there are other countries that are looking at what we're doing. And so this could be international reparations. Yeah, well,
0: there's a whole lot to unpack in what you just said, and we'll just try to squeeze it all into the hour. (laughs) But when you say um, that, you know, it's important the California setting, the blueprint, and that the feds have kind of dropped the ball in a sense. Should Biden just, should President Biden just sign an executive order to complete a study? I mean, can we, can we, or do we even need a study given that California has done this work?
1: Well, I'm hoping that they, the blueprint that we set, that was started by um, Dr. Shirley Weber, who who brilliant idea, um, is that it was done through the legislature. Because at the end of the day, um, the president can do an executive order, but the purse string is done by the legislative branch, and that would be Congress. And we know Congress is very uh, fractured right now. Dysfunctional is what I'd call it, yeah. (laughs) I mean, but
0: but I'm just talking about to get the study going, you know.
1: You you still have to fund it. It cost us about $4 million to get it done. You still have to fund it. And the state of California was forward-thinking um, at the time to put money towards this, um, the number of attorneys, the number of scholars that put together that report. Um, when I say it's 1,200 pages, it's 1,200 pages of, of, um, of facts that have not been refuted, because that's the other thing you have to have. You have to put together a document that is uh, impenetrable, and we've we've shown that. Um, I think the both studies. Should be in the uh, Smithsonian Institute. That's how uh, comprehensive and that's how important it is.
0: Do you think that there is competition or incongruity between local, state, county, and federal bodies working on reparations at the same time? Could a statewide study or a or a city uh, task force undermine federal reparations?
1: Um, so I'm gonna say this again California is the blueprint and everybody will copy what we we're doing everyone in the in the in other cities everyone in the nation and outside the nation internationally is watching what we're doing and as if we're successful everyone else will pick up what we did and become successful that's why this isn't so important that we get this done. And we get the implementation done. Everyone's looking at us, um, and the 12 members of the California Legislative Black Caucus. We understand how big a burden this is. This is uh, this has implications for every African American, but it also has implications for other individuals. If you're women, um, LGBTQ plus, um, Latinos. Um, Native Americans, others who have been harmed, they could use that same blueprint to get their own reparations. And that That's right there, and that is. right there,
0: is a powder cake. So we'll open that powder cake mm-hmm. when we come forward. I
1: don't know why it's a powder cake. Well, I people think can get their own reparations, and if they join us to get ours, then they can go ahead and get theirs.
0: Well, let's talk about what that looks like when we come forward with Assembly mm-hmm. Member Reginald Jones Sawyer on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty.
1: More of first things first with Dominique Duprema when we come. The conversation continues right now, right now,
0: right now with now,
1: Dominique
2: De Prima on First Things First. first. Things first.
0: Talking with Assemblymember Reggie Jones-Sawyer, who was a member of the Reparations Task Force for the state of California, which uh, I think you're rightly calling a blueprint for what could happen nationwide. I want to go straight to the phones. We've got Charles from 1-800-UNITE-US. Hi, Charles. You're on with Assemblymember Jones-Sawyer.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Um, as, as you know, the uh, Japanese-Americans received $20,000 in reparations. Uh, Abraham Lincoln a- approved a 40 acres. Um, wh- what do you want for reparations?
0: You're talking to, to the assembly member, right? Yes. Sir. Yes, yes. I mean, yes, I think you member pretty member. much just did a 1,200-page report <laughs> about what you want, but let's talk about some highlights, you know, your personal highlights of what that should look like.
1: Um, and so one of the things that um, – Personally, I'm committed to, uh, mainly because of my civil rights background. My uncle was one of the Little Rock Nine, one of the nine kids that integrated Central High School in 1957.
0: Why did I not know that?
1: And uh, (laughs) he was beaten. He was kicked. He was left for dead in the bathroom uh, because he was trying to get into high school. And what it taught me and what my my parents taught me and my family taught me is um, the slave owners wanted to keep us uneducated. They wanted to make sure that we didn't come together and group together and mobilize. They wanted to make sure that um, we snitched on one another, that we were, diso- <laughs> that we were disoriented. Right, um, right. Make right. sure we stayed on the plantation and did their, their work. Um, and some of that has been manifested in what we do now. And so um, when it comes to education, the better educated we are, the better we are to be, be able to use some of the reparations we need move, moving forward like financial education if we have if we understand how we can manage our money better um, the wealth gap is really based on the fact that we can't we don't own homes the fact that we've been marginalized and
0: Yeah, kept and then out we're that. paid less on the dollar and we're we're, uh, we're, 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 we're in, redlined out of opportunities. And, and we we're have incarcerated wealth. at a higher level than and anyone else. And we have else. wealth stolen, all yes. of Black Wall Street and all the many other Even
1: when we do get there, examples, where they take our right. land away or right. and, their, and their businesses away.
0: So you're saying the financial education piece to you, that's...
1: I'm saying education in general. Education. Is, is access, great for, education. access education. So wh-
0: what does a reparation look like around that?
1: So... There was, for example, we were we're having a whole lot of different conversations about that, and we're going to the, and the reason we're going out to different individuals and asking what they think record rep- represent ah, reparations is. Um, one of the ideas that came up is uh, we've worked real hard to close as many prisons as possible to stop African Americans from being um, put back into prison again and again and again. And uh, what we've realized, we could save $250 million if we closed two prisons. We used to have 165,000 people in prisons and now down to 95,000. So we had an opportunity to save money. What if we took those prisons and repurposed them as uh, our own historically black colleges? If we, mm, we start I don't to have, know. I don't know. We start to I'm going to go to
0: that prison college. No, season. it's not a prison
1: college. You tear down the prison and right. build a college. Gotcha. You build a Tus our own Tuskegee you, or you build a trade school. You teach African-Americans how to be self-sufficient and that we don't have to depend on others and that we have to create our own economy like we had in the past, like you said, Black Wall Street. What if we had our own Black Wall Street again and made sure that no one was able to take it away from us that and then we can hire other African Americans and we can build our own wealth?
0: Charles, you got a follow up
2: uh, yeah obama he uh, he gave uh reparations we paid reparations for Jews under the Obama reparations. so things like these other groups they get there's no problem paying them money directly, but with us, it seems like there's an issue. And so i I think uh, there should be some some kind of financial uh um, money paid. And one thing I shared with a white guy who was very much against reparations. I said, "Just for granted, if every black person received fifty thousand dollars, who would benefit?" And he said, "Well, black people," and I said, "Yeah, and everybody who we spend money with." And he started smiling.
1: <laughs> all
2: of a sudden, he started looking at reparations differently because he knew some of that money would be spent with, with black folks. And one other uh, thing I want to ask was, what do you say to people that say that, well, we shouldn't pay anything because we weren't alive at the time?
1: So I I would tell them to read the initial report. If you read the initial 400-page report about what happened here in California, you would not be saying that. And I think that's part of our our task, is to educate people of how complicit California was in slavery and in and enslaving people here in a different way whether it's redlining, whether it's the criminal justice system, whether it's not providing us the education that we need. That is a form of slavery that has been perpetuated and continuing even today. And that's what we're talking about, removing that. And some of that is using um, financial means. Some of that is using um, making sure that we're able to get our kids the the, the kind of education that they need. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Because if you look at our educational system, it is not really good for African-Americans.
0: But, I mean, if you – the average person that Charles or me are arguing with about reparations uh, is not going to go and say, oh, I'll just read that 400-page report. And that – particular talking point that Charles is, you know, highlighting is very pervasive. I did not own slaves, so why should I have to pay? Me as a, you know, white or other taxpayer, me as an immigrant taxpayer um, who wasn't even here for the enslavement, why should I have to pay reparation? And so, I mean, short of reading that 400-page report, what would you say to them?
1: So right now, the uh, California Legislative Black Caucus uh under the leadership of uh, uh, State Senator Lolo Smallwood Quavers and, uh, uh, and Tina, Assembly Member Tina McKinner, we're going to hire a firm to actually condense that down into manageable um, bullet points—the soundbite so that, version. Yes. Yeah. So that people, you know, you know, how do you how do you eat an elephant one one bit one bite at a time? And so um, it would probably be the same group or groups very similar to the one that did the Crown Act. Because when the crown act first started, people didn't understand what you meant by hair and right. why why was that so important. Um, and and that, by
0: people, you mean white people, because we knew exactly what the problem yes. was. Yes, and yeah. so at, at at some point,
1: <laughs> at some point, we were able to teach them, to train them, to educate them, to make them understand why it was so important. This is on a much larger scale. Um, that we have to do that and we understand that we're going to raise the money because it's going to take several million dollars to make that happen to not only educate the public at a large but we got to educate a a hundred and uh about 110 legislators in the in the california state legislature and the senate and the assembly on why this is important and uh you can't do that with the like you said with the 400 or the 200 page report We've gotta have our own sound bites. We've got to have our own way of making sure that they understand um why this is so important.
0: You said I don't know why it's a powder <clears throat> excuse me, a powder keg when you were talking about um, you know, our reparations as black Americans being used as a template for other countries. I mean Jamaica and there's there's Barbados. Lots of folks are talking about it, right? Um, You have the entire CARICOM. There was a recent conference in Ghana around this Um, for some African-Americans. And I hear this particularly on Twitter. There is a concern that well, there's a lot of concerns, but one of them is that other people that are not the descendants of enslaved uh, black people in America would be eligible for um, reparation or maybe they would jump the line and get their reparation before we do, or that somehow money that was really deserving, um, was really deserving of our community ends up elsewhere. You know, that if, if I think it's, um, there's a lot of misinformation, but I also think there's some real serious concerns. If, for example, there's now an an African reparation fund, what happens to that? Does that impact, does that help black Americans? Um, does it take away from us?
1: So let's try this again. Yes. Um, we've always been at the forefront of civil rights. We black and Americans. We African, we African Americans.
0: African Americans, black Americans, and others have been able whatever to you use, want to call, whatever term use you want to call, Negroes, it. whatever you want to call us, right? And
1: others have been able to use it for their own purposes. We've, we've, that's been forever. Women have been using civil rights. Other groups have been using civil rights to be able to to achieve their own civil rights. What I'm saying is, and I was not one that was, um, f- that voted for giving reparations only to descendants of slaves. And the reason is, that is part of the, the slave mentality where you're, you're, you're saying that you wanna leave one group of people behind. All people of color, especially African, African people who are our complexion, have been left behind. When someone is a Klan member and they look at someone, they don't say, oh, they're African. So we're going to give them a a, a leg up over someone that's Caribbean. We're going to give them a leg up over they are treated the same as anyone that's born here. What I don't want to happen is we create another subclass of people who don't, who aren't able to keep up with the others. And we leave people behind in poverty. What about individuals who are um who can't find out what their ancestry are. You're foster care, you're homeless, you're you're on drugs, um, they won't be able to f- be able to figure out who their ancestors are. Right, so those and are So those 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 are the ones that are probably the most needy. I mean in those our are society. those are
0: really two important um areas to to explore. And we only have thirty seconds still news traffic and sports so we'll have to do it on the other side. But we'll start with, are you saying that Latino people, Asians, uh, indigenous, Native American, First Nations should be eligible for reparations through?
1: I'm saying that they will do their own reparations. They're, we're going to get ours and then they can use this blueprint to get theirs. They're two separate discussions, two separate different analyses, and two separate different um, probably harms that they're achieving Um our harms are much different than Latino, than Native American, than uh, Yeah, LGBTQ. well, they because, They're I mean, start with they different. weren't enslaved in this country, right? right? There you go.
0: Yeah, um, you're li- it's a Freedman Friday. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580.
2: KBLA Talk 1580 wishes you a Christmas season that is merry and bright. bright.
3: Happy holidays. Santa, baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me.
1: KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. Hey.
3: Hey.
0: Absolutely, it does. Reginald, J- um, Reginald Jones-Sawyer <laughs> is my guest. He is the Assembly member from the 57th District, um, terming out your last year. Yes. And so that's the district we were just talking about. But also on the reparations task force. And this is, as you said, a huge, huge um, kind of um, opportunity, right, for a real um, blueprint, a real way, solid way of moving forward with very important issue of reparations. Uh, let's go to Molly Bell calling us from the city of Compton. Good morning, Molly Bell.
3: Rep- reparations in memory of our ancestors. God bless morning to you, Dominique, and Assemblyman uh, Reggie Jones-Sawyer and being on the task force. Uh, I want to say just something about uh, our guest today. Uh, remember when uh, uh, the young man, uh, uh, Brother Lowe was shot, Anthony Lowe was shot by the Sheriff's Department of Huntington Park, and uh, he was, you know, he was didn't have no legs. Reggie Jones Sawyer came out there <clears throat> in front of the mixed crowd, and he talked so strongly about what we need to do for the Sheriff Department. And even though uh, the task force was not as large as it is now and there are people who are asking why does california get to have reparations first they don't do anything when I, people don't even look at the side of the sheriff's car it says a tradition of service since 1850 that's they the sheriff department and the and back in those days they were the slave catchers they came to california with badges to arrest runaway slaves. So I'm just saying, Dominique, you make it a point to make sure that everybody understands that there is a place, and I thank you for that, for everybody to be in this reparation movement. And then while you were there, Reggie Jones, Sawyer, you probably don't remember, but I interviewed you, and we talked about reparations uh, that day and about Anthony uh, Lowe. So I just want to say that you have been very busy doing your job as assemblyman and as on the reparation task force. And my question to you, uh, 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 Brother Sawyer... I Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, my question to you, well, you know, Dominique, she, she might tell us, teach us how to talk to our guests on the phone, be proper and correct. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> but, but, but Brother Reggie, thank you so much. I want to know that How is this working on you as a person to have to hear all that we have gone through as slaves and people saying, why this? Why that? Does it bother you? Are you just strong enough to hold on to that? Because I am a reparationist. I'll say this and I'll hang up. I believe that what is reparation? My answer, repair. What is repair? whatever, whatever it takes to make us whole, be it land, money, education, whatever it takes to make us whole. And uh, who should? how do we know we're whole? We know what the Constitution said about being three-fifths of a person. I know a fraction when I see a fraction, so I know we're not whole. But who should get it? Dobus, descendants of black African slaves. And that means wherever we may be. And I thank you for being on the task force. We wish you the uh, very best. And I thank you for all the work you have done along with being on the task force and still taking care of our community. Are you going to help us get rid of those RoboCops in Huntington Park? all? <laughs> so, okay, prayer warriors, you know what you've got to do. You've got to keep fasting. You've got to keep praying because the struggle continues. But always. To God be the glory. Thank you, Dominique.
0: Thank you, Molly Bell. Um, so there was a lot packed in yes, there. Uh, was. Anything you want to particularly respond to? I, I want to first thank
1: Molly for those those, those kind words. And I, I do remember uh, going to Huntington Park. And I, uh, I probably need to bring her with me when I go out and make presentations of reparations because <laughs> um, she's very eloquent and uh, knows a lot. Um, there's one point that she did bring up about uh, the sheriff's. The sheriff's badges. Um, as I read through the through the initial report, one of the things I found out is um, the badges that the sheriffs have were original slave catcher badges that they use to to identify themselves as they returned slaves from California and all over this country. And the fact that their their policies, their procedures, handcuffs, how they arrest people, solitary confinement, all that is based. On slavery. And that is the point she's making. Um, The things that are being done now were based on stuff that were done to slaves. And we got to remember that. And uh, I have those badges in my office right now on my wall. But how do you repair
0: it? I mean, you talked about. But
1: I also want to say she was asking about how do I withstand this. Um, I have a picture of my uncle standing on the corner next to a post. And uh, across the street, you see all these Klansmen and racists yelling at him in Little Rock in 1957. He's stoic, and he learned um, nonviolence. He also learned how to withstand that, to be able to go through that from uh, Reverend Lawson here in Los Angeles. Reverend
0: James Lawson. James
1: Lawson. Um, He taught my my uncle nonviolence. And what I learned from that is you have to keep your head up high. You have to be unbowed no matter how bloody it gets and you have to stand for your people that I'm not by myself when I stand up to, and I've received a lot of threats. Um, people have talked about harming my family, harming me.
0: As a result of the reparations task Reparations,
1: force. um, the things that I do about public safety and how I'm trying to stand up for African-Americans to make sure you don't reincarcerate people. Um, the, the, the virulent um, attacks that um, my staff and I have experienced. Um, we don't talk about a lot of it. Um, but we also are very um, prayerful and we all kind of come together and make sure that we are strong within each other and we back each other up because at the end of the day, if we don't stand up and take all of the, all of those um, hateful um, things, they're going to spill out, and we can see some of it happening right now, um, as you said, with what happened with the young man in Huntington Park. Um, what's happening with our churches? What's happening all over this country as African Americans are being, are, are being killed, or harmed, or beaten? We've we've got to be able to stand up for them. Um, that's why we're here. And when you ask, how do I'm able to stand up for that? I'm here because I stand on the shoulders of some very very important people. And that's what really what repair and reparations are about, is that I have to go out and do and continue to fight that they started. And that's why this is so important that we do reparations.
0: You talked to, you t- You mentioned, um, the, the, you know, the struggles of people like people like the unhoused and those um, who have had to change their names or um, flee um, enslavement and how they would access reparation. I want to look at that. Um, and I got a couple of um Points that have been raised on the YouTube chat, which you can access at KBLA 1580. We'll look at that. It's a Friedman Friday on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique Prima when we come forward your ancestor's favorite radio station, radio station, and your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right
0: now, um, we're with Reginald Jones-Sawyer. He's the Assemblyman for this 57th District, also a member of the California Reparations Task Force. These questions and comments are flying at me from Twitter, from uh, YouTube, and from the phones, of course. So we're going to try to touch on those. Um, Ronnie Lynn asks... Um, How can we do a race-based legislation in California with Proposition 209 in place?
1: Excellent question. In fact, we were smart enough to make sure this is not race-based. This is almost like a lawsuit, similar to what happens if you have a company that's polluting uh, uh, an area or a town. um, You have to remove the pollution which in this case, we have to remove the, the river of racism that's flowing through our community. But most important, um, even though people get paid reparations or get paid compensation, um, you still have to remove that. And so it's a twofold thing. One is to repair, and two is to make whole. And we have to figure out how to make whole um, what's happening to us. Sim- very similar to what happens when you have environmental um racism where they're coming in and polluting areas. You have to restore that area back to to a, to, a, to the way it used to be or to a way where they can be able to be uh, free again. Right,
0: to prove the harm and and to yeah. quantify it so that so, it can be there
1: will We're pretty certain whatever we come up with, whatever we get approved by the assembly and the governor, there could be possible lawsuits and we're going to make sure they're not racially based lawsuits. This is about... This is about um, harms to individuals, which you can make restitution when it comes to harms.
0: Okay. So you mentioned, you know, you you did not uh, support a lineage based model, um, even though that's what we ended up with in California um, because of your concerns. Number one, you said it's a slave mentality to leave out certain people. You know, when I, I understand the concern that people feel like, well, we, you know, people from the Caribbean should do reparations in the Caribbean. People from other countries should do their reparations. They are separate uh, crusades. And and you 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 earlier mentioned that you support that. But the other piece of it, and this is one area where I share your concern, is that what I call the welfareization. Of reparation, where if I'm unhoused, or let's say I'm like the Burgess brothers, who whose yeah. ancestors um, ran from a plantation, changed their name precisely so they could not be found. How to ensure that those folks are also accessing reparation, however it looks, um, and not turning it into, you know, food stamps and 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 welfare, where individuals are. Disrespected and mistreated by the system, I I do share that concern, and I also understand the um, argument that a lot of you know ADOs or foundational Black American uh, Negro um, freedmen identified folks have that this would be um, not it wouldn't hold up legally if it's if it's based on if it's not based on a direct uh, proof that you are, you know, the descendant of someone enslaved or free that was impacted by these harms prior to, I think it's 1850.
1: Um, the, the, the the, fact that these harms are still prevalent today uh, on African-Americans, no matter who you are, is is what we're trying to prove in the lawsuit. Um, we do not, dis, we really shouldn't disaggregate it and to where um, we start leaving people out. That, that, that is my position, uh, one. Two, um, we need to look at the, the individuals who need it the most and so that we're all uplifting everyone. You know that picture we see where you see an African-American hand reaching down, pulling up another African-American to making sure that we don't leave anyone behind. That's my concern, that we ultimately create uh, an upper African-American class that doesn't even. I mean, I think we're pretty far else. away from
0: that, Assemblymember Member it, Jones Ware. I mean, African Americans, um, by by all uh, stati- statistical accounts and data that I've seen, are very far from being some kind of a, a sub ruling class in this country.
1: We could create one if we do a, what you're talking about, and that's what my concern is—that we do actually hmm. create one. Okay, where <laughs> where you have people who have money, have property. Are able. But
0: if our ancestors worked for 12 generations without pay, which we know they did, and yes, suffered the did. harms of Jim Crow, yes, they did. would it be such a terrible thing if we did have a leg up in this country?
1: No, no. I think we're we're miscommunicating with one another. Yeah, I, And I'm talking about making sure that all African Americans rise up and that we don't leave anyone behind.
0: Right, the okay. unhoused, the ones yeah, that can, yeah, that don't have a yeah. paper trail, and to those that and say, our, "Well, or, we're going to have offices of genealogy," uh, your colleague, uh, Senator Bradford, you know, uh, looking to create this Freedman Bureau here in the state of California, that's meant to, ha- among other things, help with that. Would that well, not close that gap?
1: Well, we're still looking at that to see how that can be done. Um, genealogy is a uh, is not an exact science. Um, and how do you find that? Especially when you find out that a lot of the paperwork, especially the slave papers, that when we came over from Africa, a lot of that was destroyed. There are insurance companies that insured slaves. They have destroyed those records. There are bank records that were destroyed. Um, and there's a lot of documentation to be able to prove whether or not you were an enslaved person. Um, we were not able to, to find. And so we, we've got to come up with a methodology to, to make sure that um, uh, if we're going to go down that road, we're going to do that, that we're able to verify it. Because there is concerns that there will be people who may not be, they may not qualify in that for this, that might be able to slip through with documentation or paperwork that uh, may be fabricated or may not be truly um, good documentation, and so there is a there is a discussion about how do you do that. Um, we've had some discussions with the with the Mormons because they have a lot of genealogy and a lot of records. How do we how do we find all those records so that we can be able to uh, uh, to identify who who has been enslaved in the past?
0: Um, Mr. Great Spice here on YouTube is saying. As far as Prop 209 being a bar to African Americans getting reparations, we have to reclaim the Reconstruction Amendment, amendments to the Constitution, like the 14th Amendment. Um, They were enacted for us. And uh, other folks, I'm sure, would point to um, Special Field Order 15 and such um, as, you know, specifically referring to Negroes or black Americans.
1: Okay, I'm not understanding the question. What what is his? Well, what is, I think what, what he's
0: concerned? saying is that you know the the way ar- um, the way around this con- concept of affirmative action has to do with uh, you know the bans on affirmative action has to do with the specificity of repair um, being you know outlined in Reconstruction and in Special Order Field uh, Special Field Order 15, which were specifically targeting uh, the descendants of enslaved people. You know who had, who had uh, emerged from, supposedly emerged from enslavement.
1: Okay. At the end of the day, this is about harm and harm to a people, and what we're trying to do is make sure that this is similar to a lawsuit that specifically delineates the harms, and that may include what what he's talking about. But at the end of the day, we got to include all the harms. That have been foisted on our, our people, and to be able to use that as a as the staple of why we're moving forward with reparations to justify it, whether it's a financial cost or just making um, substantive changes in the way we do um, real estate transactions, the way we do um, loans, the way we're we're actually dealing with the criminal justice system. Um, there's a lot of different ways we can we can help to repair, and so and. It, we we're honestly believe, and we also talked with some constitutional scholars who said that the best way to do that is to look at this as a as a lawsuit and try to stay away from race-based um, reparations.
0: Uh, Dan Reagan's here on uh, Twitter says, I believe the term foundational black Americans was birthed in an attempt to separate American slave descendants from other groups of Caribbean and migrated Africans. Do you have a comment on that? I. Uh,
1: so he wanted to, i I don't understand the question, well, <laughs> so. I think,
0: yeah, I think they're really what they're talking about is you know, specificity, um and I you know, I understand the concern it's um that while if you come here to this country and you know you live here as a black person or a bipoc person, mm-hmm. you will experience racism, the mm-hmm. legacy of Jim Crow discrimination, but for folks that have been here for generations and actually, Built the wealth of this country. There are some that feel there should be a distinction,
1: and there will be. We will look at that. In fact, the 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 original um, law was to actually look at who are the most harmed. And back to your point, if if we can go back to where you were enslaved, obviously you were impacted the the worst than someone that just came here yesterday. um, That may have some um, uh, that may experience. What we call 2023 racism, which is much different than 1823 racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's levels to it for yes, sure. Yeah, so we, we, and and when the original um, bill that Dr. Shirley Weber wrote, um, and when we discussed it, and the, the bill that I voted for, it was really about how do you delineate between that so that we make sure that those who are, and this is a good point that, that your, your call is bringing up, how do you do, make sure that those who were impacted the worst, and this, this is my point, those who have been impacted the worst get, hopefully get the most out of this so that we can bring them back to to be able to be with their their non-African American counterparts.
0: And just about 30 seconds here, but I want to um, just... Zero in on what Charles said, you're obviously you're not against cash reparations.
1: Oh no, no, no. We just have to. I am. I am for um, financial literacy, so that um, we were able to capture whatever is given out in a way that it creates generational wealth. Um, I'm, and, and you even look at what's going on in in South Central Los Angeles, in the 10th district. Um, people are buying up our homes where a lot of African-Americans bought homes and then the next generation is selling it, that's, our, that's their wealth, that's, that's the intergenerational wealth. And we're selling out those, those lands. We need to keep that property so that we can build generational wealth to the next and next. A lot of that is, is um, being able to have financial literacy and understand that guess what, your lottery ticket, your gold mine is in that house that your grandmother bought, your, 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 your mother bought, That is what others have done to create wealth within their own communities. And we got to learn how to do that too.
0: Assemblyman Reggie Jones Sawyer, thank you so much for coming and spending the hour with us.
1: Oh, you're always, anytime.
0: All right, I'm going to hold you to that. (laughs) Okay.